Hello everyone, it's Walk Kansas and we're outside exploring Wichita's parks and art. Spring has sprung and Amy and I are out catching up with several Bike Walk volunteer leaders to find out what fun adventures they're planning. I'm Kim Newfeld, Executive Director of Bike Walk Wichita, a resident-led nonprofit uh, focusing on making Wichita a safer and more connected city for biking and walking. And we are excited today um, as our calendar is really filling up with a variety of outdoor walks and rides to get us back out and together safely. In this month's episode, Alan scores an interview with Wichita Mayor Brandon Whipple to learn about his vision for our city. Walk leader Barbara slows down for a minute to share an update on the Walking Wednesday series and Bike Walk Wichita's new Neighborhood Walk Leader program. And Ronnie shines a spotlight on this month's outstanding volunteer and shares a few opportunities where you could really help ramp up our efforts. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. It is April and we are so excited to be stepping out uh, with Barbara Coates and the pedestrian work group. So Barbara, what do you have planned for the spring and summer? Well, um, since spring has come, it is so nice to get outside and walk when it's warm and there's sunshine. Maybe not so much with the winds that we've been having, but still I'm excited to uh, get busy with walking Wednesdays again. The last couple of years, Bike Walk Wichita has uh, had walking Wednesday evenings where you can gather with us. You don't have to make a reservation or anything. Just come and walk with us for an hour. Walk Kansas is at the same time. So this is a good time if you have a team of Walk Kansas participants. This is something you can do on Wednesday evenings. Well, I love that you have all these different locations planned and that we're really getting to explore all areas of the uh, city. Yeah, this time there's a couple twists that are a little different than the last two years. We've concentrated on parks um, in the last two years, trying to get people acquainted with parks, not only in their neighborhoods, but all over the city so that they can get to know different parks. And we've had a lot of success with that, but this year we thought we would kind of mix it up a little bit. We're gonna do some of the, the parks that we've done before, but we're also gonna explore more urban walking. And so we're gonna do several that are in downtown or Old Town or Delano. One's walk is gonna be at uh, Bradley Fair. There's a lake up there. I didn't even know there was a walking path and we found out there is around the lake and we're gonna do that. The other twist to Walking Wednesdays this, this season is going to be trying to get a chance to know people better by um, just chatting and stuff afterwards. So we're inviting people to, if we're in the park, to just bring their lawn chair or we'll find picnic tables or something and just sit around and we can have uh, some water and, and uh, drinks uh, to talk while we do that. And when we're in the urban areas, we'll find an outside patio area and do the same. So people will be invited to, to get to know us better and we can know them better. I love it. I really like that uh, socializing aspect and being outside, um, definitely the, the safest way to do that. Everybody I think is ready to reconnect. Absolutely. And we'll still be you know, following all the, the COVID protocols, um, even outside. Outside is about the safest place you can be honestly um, during this, but we'll, we'll we will follow those protocols. 
Well, excellent. I am definitely looking forward to it. And I am really excited. I have been hearing really great things about a new program that the pedestrian work group is uh, focusing on this year, uh, really focusing on the neighborhoods. So can you tell us uh, what that is? You know, we're promoting the walking with us and we'll still be doing that and encouraging people, but you can walk anytime, anywhere and um, in your neighborhood. So we're encouraging people to uh, if they already are walkers somewhere to, to step up and, and invite other people to walk with them. They can be people they know, or they can be people that are just in the neighborhood that they might not know, or at a group that they don't always know everybody, but just encouraging people to come together and get to know each other and to walk on some sort of a regular basis, whatever they want to do. Well, I know that having that support group or that group that kind of counts on you, that accountability is a really important uh, piece for me, I know. It is. And just getting out and seeing people and talking with people makes a huge difference. Yeah, your neighborhood definitely looks different at uh, three miles per hour. So it's a <laughs> it great does. way to connect with uh, new neighbors. I've met so many people during this pandemic when yeah, I've been walking I, at home. So I agree. Well, thank you so much for taking a break out of one of your walks and uh, letting us catch up with you and uh, definitely check out our Facebook event. Uh, we have events for every single walk in the series. Uh, we also have our calendar at bikewalkwichita.org slash calendar. So uh, definitely drop into one of these events and come say hello. We'll be glad to see them. Thanks, Barb. May is Bike Month ICT. Yippee! We have so many events and activities planned. And as you know, with many things, we were not able to celebrate Bike Month in 2020. So we are ready to roll. This month-long celebration also helps us make new bike friends and support them as they get rolling. I know I love to help new bike riders and as spring hits, we see so many more new people out on bikes, pulling their bike out of the garage or whatever. It yes. just makes it so much better when they have a community. We can help support them and just get people much more comfortable rolling along. Absolutely. So for Bike Month, to give you a little teaser, this year, several community partners are joining us in hosting a variety of rides, a competitive bike bingo, Bike to Work Day celebration, and more bike fun to kick off the season. I know, I can't wait. And I am super competitive, so I am looking forward to the bike bingo. I'm staying away from that. <laughs> well, I'm we, not competitive. <laughs> well, we are, we are being cautious with COVID protocols um, and are looking for fun volunteers to join us. So go online, check out the events, details, volunteer opportunities, which will be cross-posted on Bike Walk Wichita's website and social media pages, along with Bike Month ICT's very own website and Facebook page. Hello. Today we're talking with the mayor of Wichita, Brandon Whipple. Uh, we're recording this in early March 2021. Welcome to Bike Walk Wichita. Hey, Thank hey Alan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for giving us your time. We're looking forward to our conversation. Can we begin just by having you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, what we need to know about you as mayor, member of the community. Sure. Uh, well, I, I'm Brandon Whipple. I'm from um, South Wichita, uh, originally from New Hampshire. Came here, I think, in, geez, looking back, it's uh, 2003. I came here uh, as an AmeriCorps volunteer. Thought I would just be in the Midwest for about a year. 
And frankly, I felt like I hit the lottery when I came to Wichita. The cost of living was low. Uh, my access to Wichita State University, they took all my credits. I got in-state tuition uh, pretty much right away. Uh, that was half the cost of any school in New England. I met my, my future wife, which is also great. It was just an incredible place of opportunity for me, uh, someone who grew up in a small town in New Hampshire, and really allowed me to pursue my, my version of the American dream, right? Where in my world, uh, it was being the first my family to graduate college, uh, being the first to own a house. And I wanted to continue, I guess, that public service uh, that I got, that you kind of catch the bug when you do AmeriCorps or when you do, I, I mean, my wife is a missionary, when you do missionary work or you do any, any of these types of services, I wanted to kind of further that as a career. And I originally was going to go into social work and I did some case management and wound up having a situation where something I thought didn't happen right. And it was because of the policy, uh, which got me more into a policy track uh, in, in college over at Wichita State, my grad program, which naturally attracted me to, I guess, uh, politicians and elected officials who I thought shared similar values. And I thought if I could be the policy person in the background, then I could help advise folks so that they can make a more, I guess, informed decision to provide opportunities. And then I had a bit of a aha moment where I thought, what if I could be charismatic enough to get myself elected but also have the formal education experience to analyze policy. You know, I'd be somewhat of a double threat. Because uh, I learned that elected officials, the smart ones keep smart people around them, but some of them actually were, were a little too focused on politics instead of the policy. So I followed that route. I decided to run for office back in 2010. I lost, swore I'd never run for office again. Then I wound up running for office after redistricting happened and we didn't have a candidate over in the 96th district, which was South Wichita. I served about seven years in our legislature and then ran for mayor. Really didn't think I was gonna get very far. I knew that the primary had, had the incumbent candidate and also another candidate who was very well funded and regarded uh, in the city. And I thought, well, you know what? Someone needs to carry our flag, right? Like we, we need to have a choice. And if I'm running just to be that choice candidate for folks who I, I guess agreed with you know the vision of the folks I represented uh, for the future of Wichita, then we, that, that was good enough. We, it was worth it to give it a shot. And we actually got through the primary uh, with about, about 500 votes, got us through the primary. And then we went on to uh, take on the incumbent and won by almost 10 points, which was a crazy race. <laughs> and uh, then you get into to become a mayor and it's been a pretty crazy, uh, kind of a, a crazy term as mayor so far. Uh, really a lot of things we thought were going to, going to be big issues uh, wound up being minor issues uh, in the face of layoffs with the max being grounded and also with COVID uh, and some of the uh, uh, social unrest that we've seen last year. So this is your first term in city government and although you were in the legislature I'm afraid I really haven't been able to find out as much about you and your background as, as I have on some of our other interviews. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna ask a, a couple of questions about that. Of First course. of all, what, what's your experience with, with biking and walking in Wichita? Uh, with biking and walking in Wichita or with yeah. bike walk or, Wichita? <laughs> biking and walking in Wichita. Okay, okay, I was gonna say, with the organization, I think it's um, Professor Fox or I follow, who's a pretty big fan of, uh, of you guys' work. Uh, mm -hmm. So usually, you know, I'll, I'll follow his post, but 
uh, with biking and walking in Wichita, it's, to be honest, my, my experience is one that kind of highlights inequities over in South Wichita, representing South Wichita in the legislature and really being the, the first South Wichita mayor uh, elected at large. Frankly, we have some areas of our city that are just much easier to bike and much easier to walk. And then we have areas like I live in where I let my kids bike in the street if we can get out there and make sure that they're going to be safe. Um, so uh, when it comes to biking and walking, some areas in Wichita, I think, are better served than others. Uh, and that's evident, frankly, in our Zillow scores. If we want to attract and retain young people here in Wichita, we have to pr- provide a lifestyle that they're interested in that, that is above and beyond just uh, you know, having nice restaurants and bars. And we, when I look at the Zillow apps, I'm looking to see if I can find a good deal on a house for my mom. They actually have walk scores. Uh, they actually have public transportation scores, and, and we don't look very good in, in a lot of those. So I can kind of fish around on the map a little bit. In some areas, are the scores are much better. Uh, in some areas, they're not. And frankly, I think that we, we got to change that because we want all of Wichita to have the same, same types of opportunities. But also, if we're going to grow as a city, if we're going to retain folks, there are folks whose perspective on biking and walking isn't just because they can't have a, they don't have a car or isn't just because, you know, they're, this is their way of exercise. There are communities that are thriving throughout our country that actually integrate biking paths with walking paths, with public transportation, with, you know, ways that you can get to and from job sites, uh, work without having to use a car. And here in Wichita, I think that we can have a more integrated approach so that we can promote those type of lifestyles, which are healthier. Because if you're out walking, if then, then you know, you're, you're getting exercise, but also it, it should be part of our long-term economic strategy for attracting and retaining that next generation of workers. Great. We obviously uh, agree with that. And you are also right. There are the facilities south of Kellogg are uh, relatively sparse. And not only that, uh, but we fully agree that the emphasis should not just be on sort of dedicated bike paths that go around the city and so forth, but just the ability to bike within a neighborhood or to use biking or walking to get to uh, the basic resources that you need in your neighborhood. So we appreciate that and and agree with it. Thanks. Definitely. You have had to focus your term so far on addressing the COVID crisis, as you kind of referred to earlier. And then uh, more recently, I had to deal with a very unusual weather situation things that you probably haven't been prepared to to deal or trained to deal with in the past. Soon, hopefully, we can get back to uh, dealing with broader issues that uh, Wichita is dealing with, some of which have been exacerbated by the COVID crisis. Mm. So you've said that now that it looks like we're coming out of the COVID crisis, Wichita is transitioning to an economic rebuilding phase. And I understand from your time in the legislature, that is a, uh, an issue that you have some experience and, and thoughts about. What are the key elements that are needed for that economic rebuilding in Wichita? Yeah, so just to, I mean, kind of generalize your question a little bit, I, I watch, my wife and I, we, we watch all the Avenger movies, and there's a scene where, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a, um, a Doctor Strange where he gives us like little one to um, Iron Man and said, this is the one in a million time that, you know, timeline that we have to, to make everything okay. And pretty much Iron Man has to go and get himself stabbed. 
Uh, and I joke, we're like, this is my timeline for mayor, right? Like, this is the one and only time I get to be mayor. And here we go. We have just this wild timeline where all these unpredictable stuff happening. But really, I think that what, what's interesting is I, I look at kind of my background and my purpose as being mayor and actually find myself, if, if I look at it with, in a positive light, like pretty, ha- I have some tools that the other candidates didn't have. And part of that is my ability to communicate is utilize my social media outreach in a way where we can provide accurate information to people and have two-way conversations. Um, I the first mayor to go live every Saturday and have just an open discussion with anyone who wants to log on and ask questions to the chat feature. My goal is to interact with people on social media who tag me uh, because I view that just like most people, I think, view the email, right? Where, well, I emailed you. Did you email me back? If you tag me and you're not, I guess, you know, trolling me, and, and usually I don't realize I'm being trolled until like three exchanges down. And then I kind of learn now, like, oh, this person's messing with me. But yeah, you know, I'll interact back because I think that really good governing is is linked to having that uh, conversation with with people, with folks. So you know, when it comes to the rebuilding phase and when it comes to getting us beyond this this post COVID economy, it's it's a couple of things. First, it's it, it, you're right. My experience in the legislature is I was kind of seen as a um, economics person, uh, more of a economic development. I was the first ranking member on a commerce, labor, and economic development committee uh, from Wichita in over a decade. You know, I, I fought for more tax breaks for common uh, folks, for everyday folks than uh, any legislator currently or even then that was elected. My goal was to uh, lower tuition uh, for higher education. And I, for the first time uh, when I was ranking member of that committee, uh, first time in years, uh, at least over a decade, even now, sadly, uh, we were able to hold the line on that tuition without having it go up. So it's really about creating more opportunities for people. And that's not just a silver bullet. It's not just tax cuts does it or just access to education or just uh, quality of of life uh, initiatives. It's really a layered approach. So as I look towards what will be our post-COVID economy and our post-COVID world, we have to first recognize it's going to be different and people have different needs. And um, and also uh, we're going to have different roles as government. So I think that I have to continue that conversation, continue that kind of two-way um, interaction with folks, have my ear to the ground, because Zoom's not going to go away. Our 5G is coming, and we know that 5G, and I have like a that first version of 5G, it's not really where it's at, where it's going to be. But we know that that's going to open up a lot of doors. I mean, if it wasn't for 4G, we wouldn't have Uber. We wouldn't have Uber Eats. We wouldn't have really this gig economy. And so what's 5G going to offer? And as people are working from home more, how long is that going to stick? And also, what, what does that mean for the future of Wichita when it comes from infrastructure. We obviously have to look at high-speed internet and access to inter- internet like we look at access to uh, high-speed or moderately high-speed or safe roads, right? Like with other infrastructure as well. And diversifying our economy, making it so we don't have all of our eggs in one basket. Every mayor before me talks about diversification and no one's doing it or no one has done it. And frankly, we are in a better spot now than, than we've been, uh, according to... To, to different independent rankings. So we're getting there. My goal is to hit it everywhere. Uh, and I'll just, and I'll tell you just a brief background story, I guess. Uh, I know I'm going on a little long with this talking point here, but um, I grew up doing martial arts and a symbol for Hapkido is water. And people might look at the idea of be like water as in being adaptive being adaptive and water's gentle, but even hardens, I mean, softens the hardest stones, like that type of ideology when 
thinking about uh, martial arts and water that way. Well, my coach had a different, he said, hit them everywhere. You can't block water, right? So if we have a target, which is growing our economy, be like water means hit it everywhere. Go for the big companies from the coast, like the ones that we announced last week that we're going to get here, uh, Nova Coast. Go for the policies that's going to grow the small uh, mom and pop shop downtown. Go for the policies that's going to create, uh, you know, kind of a, an economic incentive for other uh, industries to grow. Uh, hit it everywhere. Make sure you know you have all your targets uh, accounted for. So. That's going to be my perspective moving forward is, is realizing there isn't just one hit or one technique that's going to get us there. It's going to be a combination. And we got to figure out what that combination, the best combination moving forward to actually get us where we want to be. All right. Great. Thank you. Speaking of uh, Nova Coast, as, as you say, uh, as we're recording this, you just recently announced that, that Nova Coast, a cybersecurity company, is opening an office here, planning on employing at least 60 people. You say anything else about how that demonstrates uh, Wichita's approach to economic development? Well, that one was a fun one. I mean, I will say that one's probably one of the more we, we've done quite a bit um, this last year to try to uh, attract new businesses and, and simulate growth. Um, but that one, I think, was one of my more fun ones because I got to get in a room. Um, I've told our economic development team, you know, utilize me when you can. When when you think it won't be too much, right? Like, yeah. let me know when I can come in and, and as the mayor. Uh, talk about Wichita. And, you know, that was the first one where I was really able to be hands-on in the room, talking to the, C- the CEOs, the leadership team over at Nova Coast, and, and talking to them about Wichita and what makes us better than California, what makes us better than London, what makes us better than the places they're currently in. And telling them, you know, it, we will, as the local government, uh, and really as a community that focuses on collaboration, if you need something, we're going to work together. We're going to work through problems together uh, because it's, it's not about us. It's about folks in our community who are looking for opportunities. Uh, and it's really about young people. Uh, and I talked about this at the press conference last week where my son, he did all of first grade on Microsoft Teams. It's challenging. It's kind of awful. Luckily, I married a saint and my wife is at home with them. But also, he utilizes Microsoft Teams better than I can uh, right now. And moving forward, he's going to have that one foot in technology moving forward, uh, just like this entire generation is. And if he wants to work for a cybersecurity firm like Nova Coast, uh, I don't want him to have to move to California. And the reason is because, well, I'm kind of selfish. Um, I want him and his brothers or really anyone to have the opportunity if they choose to stay in Wichita with us or they, they can go somewhere else. I don't want a lack of opportunity to be the reason why our kids have to leave. Uh, so look at the new economy. We know it's going to be technology based. We know that we are the best in the world when it comes to advanced manufacturing. But we also know that also makes us really good when it comes to technology, when it comes to STEM, when it comes to mathematics. Uh, So with that, how do we kind of leverage what we do really well and stack on top of that to to innovate towards that next opportunity, right? Like, so we don't want to be the next Austin. We don't want to be the next Silicon Valley. We want to be the next Wichita. So what's the next Wichita? It's taking what we do really well now and doing it more, building on top of that. That's what true innovation is. Uh, So we're not just mimicking, we're building an actual foundation. And I think uh, Novacost is part uh, of that uh, realization. And again, we've had other stuff that we've been kind of, you know, not getting, I guess, as much attention as uh, Novacoast has, but Novacoast really shows 
that uh, we can attract these businesses that, again, are on the coast in California, that are literally in London, that are in these other places, because they came here and gave us a, a, a chance to talk about Wichita, and we were able to do that. Looking at the city's budget, as I understand it, the city essentially has two different buckets. They have the general operating budget, and they have the capital improvement budget. In the capital improvement budget, the single biggest expenditure that's not covered by fees or that sort of thing that's otherwise self-funded is the transportation budget. Is that something that can be used to improve the, the economic situation of the city? I think it's a part of it. You know, we, we had to cut a bunch of, I think $13 million was where we had to trim out the budget last year going into COVID, knowing that things are going to be down. I'm glad of my ex- having experience in a legislature where, frankly, I think I voted for one budget in a legislature because none of the bu- budgets balanced. Uh, and I refused to vote for a budget that wouldn't balance even when, regardless of when it was my party. So moving forward, we had to make sure the budget would balance. And we were actually made, made really tough choices, eliminating the types of services that people expect, but possibly would help spread COVID uh, while increasing money in areas where we could expand on services that were safe to expand on. In the end, we saved over 4 million more than we thought we were going to save out of that 13 million cut. We just got those numbers last week. Uh, and you know, at that time, we put more money into community safety than ever before in our city's history, while also putting more money into social services. Uh, I think it's pretty much the last five years added together uh, don't add up to what we put last year uh, into our social services coming from you know, unique programs and opportunities from the federal level, which is 10 million more which would be a record if it wasn't for the second week of this year when we voted to have $12 million uh, come in to help with homeless prevention from the federal government. Uh, so the budget stuff I'm actually pretty proud of when it comes to uh, programs uh, such as, you know, I think the ones that your uh, listeners are really interested in, um, I, th- I think we have to have a creative approach. I think that we, and I, I synthesize stuff. Like my idea of policy is network. It's, it's a synthesized solution uh, where if, we're going to increase our transportation score, which I already mentioned. Uh, it looks pretty poor uh, over uh, in Zillow apps and, and the type of stuff that people who first think about moving to Wichita, they're going to pull out their Zillow app and figure out what houses cost and see these scores. Uh, we also need to be utilizing it not just for buses or just for improving our um, our lights. Uh, we have something on the, uh, on the agenda this week. We're going to... Uh, add more technology to the way the lights work. Uh, you know, great stuff, right? Uh, but we also got to be thinking about, uh, and not just scooters, as like as if they're just kind of a cutesy fun thing that we can do on the weekend. Like these can all synthesize in with our bike paths, in with our uh, walking, with us designing cities in a way uh, which is more modern, actually support that be outside that active lifestyle. And that active lifestyle also supports um, economic development as much as you know, it's a, it, being in my position, everything has to go back to economic development, by the way, for me to talk to some of my more conservative friends about. But there's truth to this, where when you have more people walking on the streets, more people out there biking, um, you now create more opportunities for folks to stop by coffee shops. Folks who are hungry or thirsty and they, they stop by um, a food truck, create these other opportunities for commerce uh, while also doing what you guys are, are doing right now, which is promoting a more healthy lifestyle. Uh, so it's a lot uh, to 
I, I guess I got a picture on my wall right now uh, from an artist named Bill and it looks like a splatter painting, right? And it all goes together really well when you look at the painting, but I don't know how he could possibly describe it to anyone because it just, his color is like all like this, like they're all over the place, but it made sense. It made sense to Bill. And when he put it on the painting, it makes sense. That's how policy sometimes looks as well. And that's how budgets sometimes look where they kind of look like these are separate things, but if we do it right, and we stay within our framework, which our framework is, you know, providing opportunities, our framework is becoming that next Wichita, then we can really come up with something amazing. Uh, so I think that some folks focus too much on, you know, the color yellow, the color green or whatever in these paintings. But the reality is, it's not just that, it's how does it work um, with, with everything else going on. Uh, so, you know, I think that we're gonna have some opportunities in this very near future because we are in a decent budget spot better than we normally would be. But if Congress ever gets their stuff together, um, we might actually have some of uh, that relief coming from the federal government that we didn't expect. Uh, I mean, just remember this time last year, uh, everything was put on the back of the local government to get us through this pandemic uh, and this economic crisis that comes with the pandemic. And now we, we have an administration that uh, recognizes that we don't print money you say we have two funds that we pull from, you know, because it's because Bob won't tell me where the money tree is. So I can't go out there and pick off the money. So you're right. But Congress has a money tree. So, um, you know, because they just uh, Congress just knows how to spend. And, and frankly, if they can help us out at the local level so that we don't have to wait years before we bounce back, we can uh, bounce back better than we were. You mentioned that the Zillow scores reflect the walkability and that there needs to be some improvement in that. In fact, a number of national and, and local surveys even show that one of the key factors that young professionals look at in determining where to live and what job to take after they consider the specific job factors like salary and, and that sort of thing is whether a city has a vibrant urban core for example, W, the Young Professionals Organization of the Chamber of Commerce did a survey last year that the single biggest factor that was cited as a uh, decision maker influencing their decision where to relocate was uh, the existence of a, a walkable, vibrant urban core. And publications like the Wichita Business Journal and Site Selection Magazine have both indicated that cities need to be focusing more on attracting talent than on attracting the businesses that the, the current economy, especially with the virtual working and that sort of thing, uh, will, cities will need to be focusing on attracting the workers rather than, rather than the companies. We've got to hit them everywhere. We can, uh, we've got to be like water. And, and frankly, if I could just comment on the urban core, uh, uh, findings that, that you're citing, um, you know, Wichita is, in my opinion, Wichita is a place we want people to grow up and stay in, right? So when you talk to young folks and we talk to older folks who listen to younger folks, um, when they think about young, they're going to 20 year olds. They're going to people 30 and under uh, graduated college and they are looking for really great bars to go to, um, uh, very unique eating experiences, uh, you know, so you're talking about the kind of homebrew type of places um, that, and it's, it's about an experience more so than just a, just a meal. 
And then you get into like the age category that my wife and I are in. And we used to be that category, right? We're looking for the cheap mar- martinis, the cheap stuff. To, uh, we're looking for the experience more than the quality. Uh, we're looking for some live music. That's what we were looking for back before we had kids. Now you, you know, and I, I'm, I'm 38, I think. I, I stopped counting after 35. But I got three little kids. Um, and my wife and I, uh, we are, you know, kind of in that middle of our work, working career, I guess, uh, where we, our kids, we're, we're looking for a place where our kids can grow up and go through high school, right? Like you don't want to move too much when kids are in school. So folks in our position, our place in life, what are they looking for? Well, they look for date night. Uh, they're looking for that nice restaurant for date night. They're looking for the exploration place. They're looking for the zoo. They're looking for uh, bike paths. They're looking for really nice parks. Uh, they're looking for that type of stuff. And then as we kind of get uh, further into, I think, the stages of, of life, you know, you get into my, my parents' generation and then, then uh, folks who, who are, are older than them. And what is what should I have to offer those folks as well? And that's going to get into public transportation. Uh, that's going to get into um, community safety. That's going to get into some of these other issues. So with Wichita, I think that the way we do this is to kind of look at uh, just not one or two micro-targeted groups of folks, but, but really how do we uh, work better at uh, all these folks, different, I guess, categories of folks into different parts of life, because that's going to be important. It's not just attracting new people to Wichita, but bringing people back to Wichita. So if you are someone who's in my position, uh, and let's say mom lives in Wichita, and you're looking for opportunities, uh, and you know, are you going to move mom out there with you, or are you going to go out there with mom? And we want to make sure Wichita stays open to folks who want to move back here uh, with with mom. So we got to provide opportunities uh, for them as well. All right. Well, for that whole spectrum uh, that you talk about, Wichita has some great policies that are already in place or that are being discussed. With respect to downtown and the, and the urban core, we have Project Wichita, we have the Places for People plan, we have the downtown streets master plan, all of which are being discussed. For the entire city, we have a multimodal transportation plan, we have a master bicycle plan, we have a master pedestrian plan. And all of those uh, are the ones that are in place. Uh, we were instrumental in, in getting uh, passed. The ones that are, that are being proposed, we're generally in favor of, we think they would help, help the city. But one thing that as an advocacy organization that we've been frustrated with is that we don't see that progress is being made on either adopting the new plans or implementing the old plans as fast as we would like. Are we being too impatient or? or Alan, I'm glad you brought that up to be honest. Like, cause your viewers or your listeners might not know this, but I can see you cause we're doing this over a Zoom. Um, and, and you might be a few years older than me. But I got to tell you, I don't care about plans. I care about points on the board. Mm-hmm. Score me points. Where are the points and what have you done this week? And I always kind of attribute that to like, maybe it's just the youth in me. Maybe it's because younger age, I'm not, um, I guess, uh, uh, I'm not thinking long term enough, right? Like, because everyone comes in where, what are we doing for this, this, and this? And then I get the, uh, well, the process is slow and we have a plan and here's a report for you. And look, we have a chart and it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, I'm not trying, I'm trying to, to, to not be rude for folks, but frankly, um, I grew up in New England, right? Like we grew up watching the Patriots. It doesn't matter how nice the play is. It matters that you score points. 
Did you win? Are you moving forward? And frankly, I'm in a world where uh, we get a lot of plans, we got, which I think are plays. we got a great playbook. Um, what do I got to do then? Okay, so we can pass this this week. Okay, can I call up emergency meeting and make us pass it? I think I got the votes, even if I don't have all the votes. Can I go forward with this? Or is that people going to think that's aggressive? And I, I think it's a, it's two things. One, one is, and, and frankly, this is also being from the legislature where everything's fast paced. Uh, I think here uh, it, it's about harmony. It's about making sure that um, all the stakeholders and everyone's comfortable moving forward and it's mediating risk, making sure that if we mess something up, we can explain it, or I guess point to a plan uh, where this is part of the plan. But that's also an old way of doing things where it's waterfall versus, I took an MBA class or got an MBA actually last year. And there was a class in there about waterfall versus agile, where the old way of planning stuff was really like waterfall was when you, you spend years designing it and then you just present it all and you think you thought of all the problems. And uh, agile means like you start taking a few steps forward. And then if needs or situation changes, you change. Uh, and People say, well, the difference between here and the legislature is you got two houses or two chambers. Uh, so if you've missed, missed a detail, then you know the next chamber is supposed to pick up on a detail and make the plan better. And then the executive branch should look it over before they sign it. And I get that, but the, the count, and we only have one here. So we wanna make sure we move forward you know, without making any mistakes. We only have one voting body. And I kind of get that, but also like we only have one voting body which means if we do something with unintended consequences, we can fix it next week. We can immediately fix it. We don't have to go play politics with two different chambers. So I'm for progress, man. I, I have three years that I know, you know, unless they finally do, you know, make good on one of these uh, attempts on my safety, um, unless they finally do make good on one of those, then uh, I got three years I know of, and I want to make sure that we are making progress, not plans. I want to see points on the board, not studies on my shelf. And that makes me different in this building. And frankly, I don't care. Uh, so I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to need people like you to let people like Bob and people like my friends over here at the council know that it's not just because you know, I'm aggressive. It's because of what needs to get done. Well, we do have lots of specific ideas on what can be done and how to improve Wichita as a whole, not just the, 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 the biking and walking. So we'd love to have the opportunity to, to talk to you about those uh, whenever possible. Anytime you want to do work <laughs> uh, that results in me scoring points for you, then yes, <laughs> we could do that. Anytime you want to drop a play and then you know pass us the ball so we can dunk it for you by voting it forward. Um, yes, we, we are in that business. I think it's time to start wrapping it up. Thank you for your time. What can we do as an organization, Bikewalk Wichita, or do more of to assist you in helping Wichita thrive? Really, it's being that two-way communication and being involved, have your members be involved. I think people will be shocked how easy it is to influence elected officials just by being normal and reaching out to folks and say, hey, we had this idea. The best ideas I've ever had, uh, even passing ideas up in the legislature have come from just conversations with normal folks who are out there absorbing what, what is happening and saying, uh, you know, have you thought about doing this or that? Or in this other city, they're doing it this way. I think that's, that's very strong. I'm trying to build those relationships with electeds and trying to start those conversations, uh, be invisible. It's too easy to get blinders on in this, in this world. Uh, we have this thing up in Topeka called Dome Thought 
where an idea seems like a good idea until you ask someone outside the dome, you know, until I'm driving home asking Chelsea, my wife, hey, we're going to do this tomorrow. And she'll tell me that's a terrible idea. And I'll ask, well, why? And she's, well, tell me, what does it fix the problem? Did anyone ask, like, does this fix the problem? And I'll have to think, no, no one made that argument. This actually fixes anything. So having, I guess, that, that conversation with, with folks who are in positions to make a difference and being a resource. Uh, and that kind of puts, I think, folks who are interested in, in change uh, in that category as a resource, opposed to more of a combative category that I think we see on TV and we see on the internet uh, where, you know, when you just, you also get those other uh, activist strategies that, that are much more combative. And frankly, that, that, that's tougher to, to, to work with. Uh, I think there's a, an appropriate time to get to that level. But, you know, when it comes to stuff that we agree on values-wise, such as better parks, better bikes, better transportation, it's really, I think, about trying to help not only submit ideas, but also help usher those ideas through. You know, one of the things you just mentioned was a program that was, I guess, a pilot program with a grant and everything that was here before, it was an opportunity before I got here. Uh, and it sounds like it fizzled out because, you know, maybe it didn't have that support. Frankly, we got to be okay with making mistakes. And we have to, those in the public have to give, I, I guess, elected officials that, that latitude to, to try something new, to go forward and try something and to have some faith in something that's a new idea, knowing that we'll pull it back if it's a bad idea. And, you know, electeds are only going to do or take risks when they think they, there's, uh, they can get away with it, sadly, right? Like when they think that it's not going to get hit over the head. Uh, and it's up to the public to show like, hey, this is the right direction. And to, I think, give City Hall a chance to uh, try to make some change. You know, and I'll tell you one thing, I know we're running up on time, but uh, interesting thing in the legislature, uh, working with Sam Brownback uh, when he was governor, is I don't think he ever understood why he became unpopular because he delivered exactly what he told everyone he was going to deliver. He did exactly what he promised he was going to do. It just had a really bad result, right? Blew a hole in our budget, really bad result when it came to social services, came to education. But in fast forward last year before COVID, I was in a class about managing change. And someone actually said in the class, it's you still have to usher in the change that you told people that you were doing that they asked you to do, right? So if we're going to make change, we have to recognize it's a, a, a messy process. And those who are looking for, I think, an end goal are really well served continuing that two-way conversation, even when that path towards that end goal looks a little, you know, a little shaky, like not sure if this is the best way to do it. Cause in Wichita, it's too easy to settle and we don't want to settle and we don't want to continue the status quo. We want to take risks and, and make progress and put points on the board uh, and groups like this groups that are plugged in, you know, a lot of times you guys can make us or break us when it comes to getting the votes, getting folks the courage to actually try to move forward with something. Well, thank you. And speaking of, contacting you and letting you know uh, our, our views. One thing I have been very impressed about with you, and in fact, the whole city council is your accessibility, your willingness to talk. You have, your, as you mentioned, you have your weekly uh, Facebook Live sessions. Been very impressed with the responsiveness of uh, city council members, you and, and the staff on everything. That's, that's been very pleasing. So along that Appreciate line- Appreciate that. For better or worse, sometimes those things. Sometimes I get a text message or something telling me like, well, you look like the mean mayor today and try to be the fun mayor 
next time. And so, I mean, yeah, for better or worse, uh, the goal is to be human, to be normal and to never forget who we work for. Like, I still don't, it's still shocking to me when I have those moments where I realize I'm the mayor, right? Like, because people treat you different and expect different things from you. But I, I'm just, you know, I think the same person from South Wichita who wants to provide opportunities, rather that's being a social worker, rather that's being a teacher, rather that's being elected. So that's my goal and to stay accessible and to, you know, ensure that people feel like they can have that direct contact with me because frankly, they're my boss. So what is the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, well, the best way, if you want something official, is to shoot me an email through bwhipple at wichita.gov. Like, if you want me to be in a classroom, you know, virtually or even in person when things open back up, uh, or to get on a calendar at all. And the reason why I say that is because Janet will also check my email. Uh, she's uh, the person who kind of keeps me, you know, in, in line when it comes to getting everything in order. Uh, when it comes to just like more generalized questions. Uh, I, I am active on Twitter and I'm active on Facebook. Uh, now I have two Facebooks. One is my personal page. The other one is my campaign page. Utilize the second one if you can. You can pretty much tell which one that is uh, because you can like it. That one is easier for me to interact with. The personal page sometimes blocks out folks that I won't get the notification until I check the spam folder months from now. Uh, but I'm also on Twitter and I'm on Instagram, although I don't fully, shows my age, right? I don't fully get interacting on Instagram, right? Like I could post the pictures, I could see the likes, but when people start messaging on Instagram, it just, it, it's just confusing. Also, some of those messages go to my Facebook because they're companies that own each other and I don't know. Anyways, um, Twitter is, is, a good, is a good one and Facebook. <laughs> very good. Well, again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your, your thoughts. Uh, we look forward to talking with you more and to working with you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Mayor Whipple, for the interview. I found it interesting that Mayor Whipple discussed folks living in Wichita throughout the different phases in their life. When you stop to consider the different things we want from our community over the phases of a lifetime, our city planners and decision makers really have a challenging mandate to create a community for all of these needs. Yes, a community that fits the needs of children, young adults, families, seniors, and folks living with disabilities is quite a tall order. And Bike Walk Wichita's mission, you know, to create a more walkable, livable city creates that infrastructure to support a more thriving, healthy community. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times you'll hear Alan or others at meetings saying, you know, we're here about bikes and biking and walking, but it's really not about the bikes. Um, and that's what we mean is right. there's so many additional benefits that are achieved mm -hmm. when a community mm -hmm. creates a walkable and bikeable yes. kind of neighborhood and yes. network system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so the good news is that there is a lot of research and other cities out there who have proven these strategies and actually tracked the financial, health, and business benefits that they've achieved. So that's what I'm really excited is that we can pull on these examples from other mm -hmm. cities that are very similar to Wichita um, and see what worked and maybe what didn't work. Yeah, I one of my favorite concepts is the 880 city. When you design community infrastructure with the needs of an eight-year-old and 80-year-old in mind, the design is inherently safer and promotes better economic resilience and is much more equitable. We know that Wichita exports a lot of great talent, our young talent, 
And having jobs and employers that keep our talent here means improving our city to attract those businesses and retain our talent. We also have this baby boomer population that wants to age in place and not have to move out of their neighborhood. Without improving our infrastructure and transit, aging in place in Wichita is rarely possible. I guess it's possible if you have enough retirement to afford to Uber everywhere, (laughs) but that is certainly not my lifestyle. Uh, I can't afford to DoorDash all my meals and Uber to the doctor. So having other options available is much more equitable for our community. We can't only have options for the affluent. Yes. And, you know, there are a lot of people who either don't drive or would, you know, prefer not to drive. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, a growing percentage of our our residents and especially the younger professionals who have been surveyed multiple times um, have stated that they want to you know, live, work, play, all in areas that they can get to easily, whether that's through easy public transit or whether that's through biking or walking. Right. I I feel very strongly that you should not need a car to participate in our economy. Absolutely. I was also really excited to hear the mayor talk about supporting, you know, quick response projects Mm -hmm. that really give ideas a trial run. Um, We have actually a long history here Um, of partnering with the city and others to install, you know, these kind of pilot or temporary projects um, to really determine if those simple infrastructure updates, you know, will actually work well for people or or have the actual, achieve the actual, you know, things we're wanting to achieve with them. And those are really great to do because they don't cost a lot um, and really can give you Mm -hmm. really good ideas and solutions. Um, In fact, several projects were identified during our annual strategic planning process uh, that we just completed, um, including one that would enhance Cleveland Avenue and connect the historic Dunbar District in Northeast Wichita, simply down to Douglas and the Douglas Design District and to Wichita's bike network that then uh, goes east, west, north, and south. We have so many projects that that will connect these presently isolated neighborhoods and really change lives right let's let's not Mm -hmm. yeah underemphasize the value and Mm -hmm. improvements you know that that we can impact on people's lives well it was a very interesting interview so thank you mayor whipple and alan we want to take a moment to thank our amazing local business sponsors for 2021 as our city opens back up Please shop local and support these businesses who work to make our city safer for you. REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high-quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camp gear, and food to support your next hike or bike trip. Truck Stuff helps elevate our adventures by installing hitches, bike racks, and anything you need to haul your bike and adventure gear. Bicycle Peddler and Bicycle Exchange not only provide you with a large selection of bikes and gear, but have been advocating for bike lanes, trails, and safety improvements for decades. They both have a tremendous selection as well of bikes and gear. Cargill Soybean and Biodiesel Plant has helped sponsor our recycle program this year. The Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of recycle and to support our Operation Firefly outreach that helps make our streets safer for all users. 
Visionary Print can help you with your podcast, video, and promotional materials. Watch for our online store that will go live this spring with all sorts of fun bike walk merchandise. W, formerly known as the Young Professionals of Wichita, is a great organization if you are looking to make connections uh, here in Wichita. And they have provided a grant to us uh, to help us increase outreach and host a very exciting event this summer called ICT Field Day. If you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing to 10,000 BWW friends, let us know and we can share the 2021 sponsorship packet and opportunities. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ronnie Wooster, the volunteer coordinator at Bike Walk Wichita. I'm here to announce the volunteer for the volunteer spotlight of the month of April, which is Matt Tibble. Matt has served on the Bike Walk Wichita Board of Directors for the past four years, stepping into the role of board president in 2021. Matt works for the Kansas Business Group on Health and is well-connected among public health advocates. And his passions and energy are helping ramp up Bike Walk Wichita's efforts. A few years back, Matt and his wife Cecilia decided to start bike commuting as their main form of transportation, tracking the financial, health, and social benefits along the way. They are both committed advocates working to make ICT a better place to live, work, and play. In addition to volunteering for Bike Walk Wichita, Matt is also a member of W, the Young Professionals of Wichita, and leading our efforts to engage more young adults and families. We are looking forward to seeing Matt's leadership in action this year as we gear up for some big projects. Thanks, Matt. If you'd like to volunteer for Bike Walk Wichita, visit our website at www.bikewalkwichita.org forward slash volunteer. There you can find all sorts of ways to volunteer, whether that's as a home mech, a home mechanic, working on bikes at your own pace and in your own space, or by coming in to work on bikes or work at the front desk. You can also sign up to be a walk or ride leader for any upcoming events. There are so many ways to get involved, and if you would like to know more, please visit our website or feel free to email me at ronnie at bikewalkwichita.org. That's R-O-N-I at bikewalkwichita.org. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you around town. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood, or have an idea, please let us know. That wraps up our show today. Extra thanks to Mayor Whipple and Allen for the interview, to Amy, Dr. Coates, Ronnie, and all of our awesome volunteer leaders who make the magic happen. Thank you, Kim. And we'll see you out around town.